maybe all these numbers do add up to 100%. I mean, I'm looking at it and there are a lot of numbers. Why does everything have to run? It's still not, it's still not dropped off, Jules. Like, it, it's flat. It's literally, I mean, this is insane. I do think this is a real problem with uh, computers. These, it is. these multitasking operating systems. I, I, I think, <laughs> I think it's quite possible that they're a bad idea. So, Jordan, you finally upgraded your computer, but right now you are using your old computer. Yeah. Okay. How how much how much of your resources on your old computer are currently available for you? How many? How much? As in. Zero, literally zero. I'm so, I'm happy surprised if this podcast recording actually comes out okay and isn't like skewed by the fact the CPU is. That's the confidence you want to hear as the editor. <laughs> um, I mean, I actually have not touched this computer since the last podcast we did, so I now have a new Surface Book. So it's probably upgrading itself right now. <laughs> yeah. So I've got a new Surface Book. Uh, I've gone from the original Surface Book to the Surface Book Two. Now I had the. They're both kind of the same tier from, so, you know, the the one with the dedicated GPU and the 500 gig hard drive and the top spec processor or whatever it is. But um, I've now, I mean, I'm watching this task manager. I booted it up because I haven't touched it since the last podcast. So it's just been sat here. It still has battery, which is great. It still has battery. Has it been plugged in the whole time? No. Actually, that's a massive surprise for your computer because because only one of the batteries works, yeah, right? Yeah, so right now, battery one, which has been at 0% for the last year, battery two is in 44% in use. And actually, that's kind of worrying because in it was use, at 60, it 60% like five minutes ago. So. And it's plugged in. Do you have a charger plugged in? Not yet. Okay, good. No, I'm fine. Not yet. I've booted it up and it's been flat out 100% CPU for the last 20 minutes. Uh, it even crashed when we started podcasting. So is this why you decided to get a new laptop? No, uh, I decided to get a new laptop because I was sick of it running out so quickly. The battery. Yeah. And I must say, I've had that new service book for like a week or two, and it's so good. Like, I, I haven't had to plug it in at all. Like, I, I plug it in at work. I was going to say, I'm sure you have plugged it in. Yeah, okay. What I mean is, like, I haven't had to, I haven't done the whole thing of, oh, no, the thing's screaming at me. Yeah. Your battery. And... Before, you were constantly having to have the computer plugged in all the time. And and for me, you know, if I'm just working on the sofa in the evening, um, I can do the, the oh, vast majority of that without yeah. charging. Yeah, it's blissful now. I can literally sit on the sofa, like, for the weekend. T- take last weekend. It's been brilliant. I literally, my, 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 my computer sat on the sofa. And then I went like to bed or whatever, or closed it, and then reopened it for a few hours like the next day. No, no charge required. I mean, it doesn't get better than it's, that. Yeah, it's just that's it exactly what that. it's just what you expect from a computer. Yeah, basically. It, it's like the, the, you know one of the one of the benefits. I was like, oh yes, I'm getting a new Surface Book. That means I've got a new Surface Book charger, which means I can have one always plugged in downstairs, yes. and I've not needed it. Yeah, <laughs> I've got battery, so it's like. So, so your computer, your old computer right now, yeah. the one that, the one that you're currently using, yeah, uh, it is what flat out CPU. It has been. Um, in fact, I'm also. I will put in the show notes the CPU graph. Interestingly, like so, a lot of the stuff that runs on here, and this really is the kind of state of computers today, isn't it? Like, uh, a lot of this stuff is running like JavaScripty Node stuff, which isn't really optimized for. Yeah, I mean CPU use. I, I, I've got to admit, it's like, it's not that Node is a bad product. It's just, it 
it's it's so friendly for developers. It's super friendly for developers. That's the it's thing. It's embedded in Adobe Creative Cloud. Yeah. I mean, they could at least hide the process. Yeah, like, well, or just, I'm like, I'm doing my best to, not, you know, keep keep it lean. And it's like, I actually Googled how to disable it at Node.js uh, through the Adobe installation on my new computer. Because I was like, I, I want to, you know, not have it. And um, uh, if you rename the Node.exe file... <laughs> in like wherever adobe is apparently it doesn't break it so it's to do with the so update it's, it's creative yeah it's the creative cloud uh executable yeah, which I've, I've i think we've mentioned this once or twice before the adobe software on windows in particular i'm not sure what it's like oh, on, on a mac it's, it's so bad it's so bad i mean i was literally gonna say like i'm quite i'd like to think i'm open-minded about software and you know you know <laughs> I, I, you know come on i like to think yeah yeah, you you try you you'll try you don't you're not like too too particular. Yeah, yeah, I'm not too opinionated. I'm not too opinionated. Like, but honestly, this going back to your point about like pro, multi-process operating systems and and I mean the reason things are so bad is because developers just want to ship the features and it's easier to do it in a high level language. Everyone thinks that their updater is like their most important updater and needs to run all the time, right? So on my machine, like I've got a Firefox updater. I've got a Chromium updater. I've got an Edge updater. I've got the the worst one, which is the Adobe updater. Uh, I've got Office Click to Run. Yeah, Office uh, is Click to Running. Oh, uh, and right now I can see five DevNV processes, and I'm like, what? Really? I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't have Visual Studio open. Oh. And I literally, I'm hovering over the command line uh, arguments. It's like it just says forward slash update configuration. So I'm assuming it's another update. <laughs> oh, probably. Sounds like so, it, doesn't it? Because you didn't just, use your computer for two weeks. Yeah, I mean, but that's the, that's the other thing. One week, actually. We're recording one week later. Yeah, but that is the thing. Like, the thing that's, that bothers me the most at the moment is just, maybe my computer was always this slow and I've not realized, but it was so bad. Like, just opening it up. I think you'll find I have told you... <laughs> to oh. update your computer to replace your computer multiple i must have been losing hours a week to just waiting for things to load yeah we're talking about we were talking about the the uh, what was it the marginal gains of having a an <laughs> apple pencil that, that charges yeah automatically yeah, and here you are with a, with a computer that's that's running node to update creative cloud in the background and how often do you open adobe oh you suppose you open acrobat quite a bit I, yeah, but that's because I just want to look at PDFs in a decent PDF viewer. So like decent is a is a relative. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> okay, okay. I have to I have to say like ignoring the performance side of and the fact that there's all these processes running of Node, like you know the the fact that Slack uses basically my entire forty gig of memory on my iMac. But <laughs> I think the worst like and the most annoying thing for me is that. I really value a native application, especially on like a platform such as the Mac, which is a platform that I can run Electron apps on, Node-based apps on. And I think like the Creative Cloud app is just an example of that, where you can just tell, you just have the feeling, and you're just like, this is not a native application. And even though you know Photoshop and uh, Audition, I, I assume are anyway. They, well, yeah, they're compiled natively, but the the UI frameworks that they aren't aren't like mm. native to mac os right? right like it's you wouldn't call it a mac os application you wouldn't really call it a windows application it's like a cross-platform application yeah. that's been compiled for multiple 
environments. And Slack as well just doesn't really like it works, and they have like impressive. Like I, I've always said that their file handling, for example, is is amazing. It's better than apart teams. from these these days. Well, yeah, these days I, th- I think that a lot of the video stuff just doesn't seem to work for me. Right. But, yeah. Um, and so I mean, Teams as well has some issues where like it randomly goes offline, or like the notifications are terrible. Definitely has issues. Teams is the worst for it. I tell you what, I did the other, yesterday. <laughs> I tell you what I did yesterday, and it was so bad. I was writing an email in Outlook on my computer, and I wanted to get an image from my phone to the computer so I could like copy. So your Teams it yourself. Well, yeah. So I Teams it to my to to myself, right? Obviously, in Slack, it's way easier because you've got you as a private chat, so you can paste yeah. stuff to yeah. yourself. We don't have that in Teams. Great, fine. So I pasted it to some random dude in the business. I pasted Mike. And he was just like, what the hell is this? And uh, Did you try and use a clipboard to copy it out, though, John? Because 99% yeah, of the time, it, I yeah, right-clicked. Work. It doesn't it, work. What happens it doesn't is I, work. I, right-cl- I right-clicked copy image and copied it into the email, which in Slack works. You, you know, it embeds the image rather than as an attachment. In From Teams, it just creates a, it just makes a big blank white space. Yeah, it was just a white space. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand yeah. where this white space comes from. Me neither. Yeah. Because I paste it into like OneNote, I paste it into yeah. Outlook. I, I it paste just it doesn't into Slack. Yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah, but in Slack, so so I've resorted to going using our Slack channel to paste images from my phone. Now it's oh man, no, I so I totally bad. get it. By the way, like copy even copying images out of of Teams, like so on the Mac, you can right click an image in Teams and press copy image, and you go to paste it, and it's not there. They've they've put on your clipboard like a blank bit of text or something yeah. like it just it's, does it's, not work. I don't know what it is. It it certainly thinks it's pasted something. That's the thing. Like if you if you press Control V, oh yeah, it's proud of itself. Yeah, it thinks it thinks it's done something. Like uh, you know, in OneNote, like the cursor moves a little bit as if something's happened, but there's yeah. nothing there. And like clearly, if it's happening for all of us on multiple platforms, I think I'm pretty sure it's it's broken yeah <laughs> yeah 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 it's, yeah it's pretty bad like uh, copying images is something that you tend to do a lot right you you, you take though. a screenshot you, you you paste it to a team member and you say hey, yeah have a look at this and then they you're expecting them to be able to actually i don't know use the image but... you, you know what i do when i want to copy an image out of teams you take a screenshot i take a screenshot of it that's what i do yeah because it just doesn't work and i'm not downloading it i just want to copy it uh yes yes because of course it will save a copy of it to your OneDrive somewhere as you send as you uh upload it yeah How handy. It's, just, it's just oh i hate it i really i yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm totally agreeing yeah and going back to the user experience thing like i i can't think of one electron app that i actually enjoy you know in, insomnia code, code. Well, no. come on code no because that has its own problems I mean, they all have problems. Everything has problems, but insomnia, right? Insomnia is brilliant. Insomnia is weird, though. It's got weird window behavior. It's really funny. Is that um? So I have the app open typically in full screen, and even though I'm running it in dark mode, when you open the app, it opens in full screen and blinds you with this massive white screen while the UI loads, <laughs> and there's nothing on it. Oh, really? Apart from a mat? Yeah, I'll film it. But it's just horrific. <laughs> it's like I'm in dark mode. Like, don't show me a UI yeah. or something. Oh, oh, show me a like dark a... UI, and because it's it's like it flashes. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I just so hate that's, it. that's just because it's. I guess it's because it's like an empty frame before it has any kind of content to render. But, but I think in, in Insomnia in particular, 
because like you have different workspaces and I guess I'm a bit of a power user on that because I've got a lot of workspaces mm. and if like it's very very common for me to want one workspace on on one desktop because maybe you know one of I, I use virtual desktops maybe one of my virtual desktops is looking at one particular API or you know I've got some code up for this particular product and I've got uh, I want to be able to explore the API for it uh, inside of Insomnia and then you know I'm on a, I'm on another desktop and I load up Insomnia to kind of go to some other workspace and like the the other workspace changes to something that I didn't select so I, when I go back to the other screen it's got like a completely different workspace on it and it wasn't when uh. I selected I I don't know why and then sometimes um on more than one occasion I've had it where the the window is in the taskbar and the task switcher can see it. Like if you do like a windows tab, you can see it, but you can't actually see the window mm. anywhere on the screen. I don't really understand like what, what they've done. Isn't that, isn't that the thing that Alex had on his computer the other day, like where he, he lost insomnia and couldn't get it back. I think this, this just happens on uh, insomnia, but the, I think it goes to show that like the, the windowing behavior of electron apps is just different depending on the application. My favorite of the bunch is by far Visual Studio Code. Visual Studio Code works really well for that kind of thing. And, you know, I, I think I think maybe I would say that Insomnia is probably one of the worst behaved. But what really winds me up is the fact that even, you know, I say even, like this, like this is a surprise, but a company like Microsoft who has multiple applications uh, built using Electron, your Visual Studio Code, dark mode themes, it's glorious, it's beautiful. You know the 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 tab, uh, sorry, the the title bar works really well. Everything's just great. And then you got something like Azure Storage Explorer, where Ugh. the dark the dark mode just shows this this white strip where the menu bar is all the time. Like, let me hide the menu bar or make it dark or something. Yeah. Like, what's the point in a dark mode if there's a the, if the menu bar is like bright white? Like this, it's too bright that's i think that's the danger though isn't it so like the we just talked about multi-process operating systems and because there's these high level systems because people have abstracted away all the complexity of creating these native looking apps without having to be native yeah so the application's doing more work so right? i think i think part of that insomnia flash is just that they don't have a pre-loading screen something that our application as our company does is when it loads it actually just shows you a basic loading screen in html and css because i know that that is going to sure. get there before the actual application gets rendered. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And like, I, I don't, I, I think this, like, people running Electron apps, they just go, oh, it's running locally and the files are close. It'll be, you know, it'll be instantly like up, right? And it's not. Like, Insomnia flashes white for a good few seconds for me. All they need to do is just before their actual main application is rendered in JavaScript, is just. You need a faster computer then. That's basically, yeah, that's what it is. You need a faster Isn't computer. Isn't this on your iMacs, though? It is. Yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, well, you need a faster computer because, you know, it needs to be fast enough to not see that white screen, you know, it needs to load. No, it's it's not because I can do it in the browser where it's it downloading load files from the web and I just, like, have a preloading screen that's not based on JavaScript. And I don't think the Electron apps encourage people to care about these things because they think it's all taken care of for them. And it's just not. It's just yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really sure what Electron really encourages anybody to do, uh, other than just you know, create crap. Be, well, y- use use web stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like people. I mean, I've done it. Like I've written an Electron application in 
you know, JavaScript and React, right? And I think that the combination of them, just basically people expect that, oh, I put in a HTML file, which Electron, you know, you do that in Electron, and you have a React application in a JavaScript file, and you say, hey, render into this file or this document, and it's supposed to just load. But there's a, there's a difference between loading, the, the time difference between loading the HTML document and the JavaScript application actually getting to render is the problem here. That, you know, depending on your application size, which I assume Insomnia is a fairly sized application, does actually make a difference. Yeah, I just think it's just, I don't think it's particularly good performance. It's not that big. I mean, it's like, what, it's about 100 meg, is it? I don't know. I don't. I, mean, I actually don't know. In terms of like JavaScript size, though, like who knows? Like who knows what they're doing as well before they actually do render an application? We don't have the source code to tell, but it's causing a problem. I think the source code is actually available on GitHub, but I, who oh. knows? I don't know. But I mean, I'm I'm being a bit harsh. Like I think the thing that it has done is allowed more apps to be created that are good. Like even though Insomnia is like an Electron app, it's still a really good application. So I'm being kind of a bit yeah. Harsh I really, I really whole. like the way it works. And VS Code and, you know, Slack and whatever, I think... Yeah, they are, but they do lead to these problems that we're complaining about with the, oh, yeah, the CPU problems, like... the memory problems, and the just general non-native feeling that is actually really infuriating as someone who really enjoys their own platform. When you download a file in Teams, when you hit that download button... Or spacebar, apparently, which <laughs> is a random thing. Uh, yeah. When you when I hit download in Teams, it runs my CPU at one hundred percent, and after about ten minutes, it might have downloaded the five KB file into my yeah, downloads folder. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I, oh, oh man. So uh, on a more kind of positive note, I know that the, the way that these uh, basically the way that these kind of systems work by allowing you to run all sorts of uh, rubbish these days. But saying that, like we're talking about insomnia for example and we're using it on on quite you know varied machines like it it works it works on uh the mac it works for various uses like it is a good thing that we're yeah. able to run so much stuff especially on i know i can't really speak for for mac os but I, especially on windows at the moment because like if i look at what i'm running on my machine right now i'm not going to include a screenshot you can it's you can make do with jordan's screenshot well no not not my process tree only only the graphs Okay. Well, so similar kind of thing, right? But I'm running, so I'm running a lot of like Chromium. I'm, I'm running, uh, so basically I haven't restarted my computer since I, I got in from work. Uh, I'm running a lot of Chromium right now. I'm running a lot of PowerShell. I'm running quite a lot of Bash, actually, a surprising amount of Bash. Uh, Slack, Audition, the new Edge. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of uh, varied uh, tools and applications that are, that I am able to run on this computer without it being too taxed because my CPU usage is significantly lower than yours right now, Jordan. <laughs> In particular, I think being able to run the the kind of the Linux stuff as well. And um, while we don't have access to WSL two right now, I know it's coming. Like, I it it is good. Like being able to run this stuff. Like, I, I know we I know we like to complain, but. Um, having these cross-platform applications, you know, having uh, arguably a really good time in, t- in, time in terms of uh, browsers and browser technology right now is really, you know, beneficial for us as, as developers to be able to have access to all this stuff. Because like, you know, it wasn't that long ago that our computers weren't able, well, we're like Jordan's. 
like un- <laughs> unable to run a few applications. Unable, right now, I'm unable to run a snipping tool. Like, yeah. What, what's your idle CPU at? My idle CPU is at 100% right now, so... No, that can't be right. I mean, no, it's not, my computer's not doing anything. I've got another screenshot for you, hold on. Oh, okay. This one, you, this one I'm fine with you putting in, in the show notes, by the way. Oh, no, I've hit the email button in Snipping Tool by accident. <laughs> oh, no. God. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, give us a, What's give, it loading? Give, Outlook? It's trying to, but it's... it's Probably going to it's, fail. Does uh, that mean your email's going to start syncing again from a oh, week ago? Oh, no, I didn't want Outlook to open no so oh, my God. my computer is sitting about 20 percent right now um which is a little bit higher than it would if it were, if i was doing nothing yeah 10 uh, percent of that is adobe audition cc.exe with with space with spaces in the executable name like oh. a, adobe space audition space cc.exe <sighs> so my, i am currently a 93 percent idle and I'm just, I've actually got quite a bit of work stuff up as well. So I think, I mean, I am on an iMac, which is a different class CPU to a laptop. So it's fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a metric that we can't really compare because like I'm running, a, I'm also running a SQL server. I'm also, <laughs> and I'm also I just got an email. <laughs> the Cosmos emulator, the storage emulator. I'm yeah. running, uh, running the new, like for some reason, Xbox.exe keeps popping up my list. I don't know what it's doing. Well, I seem to have about 150 service host processes running. Oh yeah, but that's got. that's pretty normal though. Is like, it? Yeah, because it is. I think it is because yeah. this, the way that service host works is it loads in uh, assemblies to execute. Like it's it's basically a, a, it's basically a, host a service process host. for Windows <laughs> services. Uh, so you're enjoying your new laptop anyway. Yeah, and I was actually going to say on another note. Obviously, the dimensions are a bit different. Yes, it is slightly thicker. I prefer it. Yeah, and and, and not to be honest, not not good. It's actually quite it, it's quite substantial feeling. I prefer it. Yeah, I prefer it now. Um, I didn't at first, but it feels a bit more spacey. If that makes sense, it feels a bit more like space spacey. No, basey. Like it feels a bit more stable or a bit more meaty. It does. It feels. It feels more substantial. I think. Yeah, that's, that's yes. the word I was using for. Meaty might not have been the right word to describe a laptop. I think. I think when I actually went when I went back to my um, old Surface Book after using the new one, it seemed a bit thin. Yeah, if you know what I mean. Especially when you put it open, it feels a bit top heavy. It's a funny thing to say. Massive, massively enjoying it. I also I'm enjoying the battery life. Uh, but this is my first USB C device. Ah, so I was going to ask you this actually. So USB C. I've not really got anything to... I've not used the port yet. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask. I was going to say, have you used it for anything? Like, No, no. You tried a USB-C adapter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I tried that HDMI adapter. But it was a bit crap. Adapter. Yeah, like mucho crap. Yeah, I bought it from Amazon and it was it was cheap. I, I just because I, I basically, uh, I gave it to you because it's crap. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that. I, you can charge it, right? From uh, I mean... I've, I mean, I, you I tried. Want to. I tried. I don't think it charged. It, it really? Basically... I, I read online that you can you can charge. You, well, put it this way: I I plugged it into one. I think I plugged it into Andrew's um, USB C because he's the man for USB C cables. I borrowed multiple USB C cables of, off him so far this week. Yep. And it's only Tuesday, but um, <laughs> but uh, I plugged I plugged mine into I think it was Andrew's, and it, it basically said, you know how Windows says like the percentage of the battery, and then it says plugged in not charging it basically uh, said that 
Yeah, yeah, it has to. It's it's amazing how big the charger is for the Surface Book Two. I didn't like it's massive. It's substantial. Like it's, it is larger. Yes, but but it's substantial. Is it majestic? No, I don't mean in terms of size. I don't mean in terms of size, as in like it is a much bigger charger. But I mean, oh. I'm talking about how much amp, like how many amps. What what is it? What is it then? I don't know. You're the electronics expert. I, I wouldn't go that far, but I mean. We'll do this in watts, but I believe a MacBook charger. Which MacBook? Uh, just the one you have, the MacBook Pro charger. The 13-inch MacBook Pro. Yeah, I think it's about 90 watts. Nope. No, 100? Uh, I th- <laughs> that was weird noise. Uh, I think yes. um, the 13-inch MacBook Pros are either, I think they're 65, and yeah. the 15-inches are 85. And I right. think the Airs used to be, I'm not sure what they are now, 45. Okay, interesting, because the Surface Book charger that I have is, the one from my original one, is something like 90 watts, I think, or between 90 and 100 watts, mm. but not like, which I thought was, it's quite a lot, it's quite a bit, it's quite beefy, I mean, it's 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 compact, and it's about, I think it delivers something like 4.2, 4.5 amps, uh, 18 volts or so. How do I, how do I find out? I'm looking at this, this charger. The charger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it won't, it shouldn't say the watts, but in fact, hang on, I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm moving. Here we go. So there's some fine print on, there's some fine print on the charger, you know, the bit where it says windows with the Linda's label and there's a C mark on it. And then yep. it's, in the very that. fine print, it'll say, it should say output or in you know it should say input and that'll be the 100 volts 100 to 240 volts 100 to 240 volts yeah and then the line under that will say 15 volt at 6.3 amps right correct and the other one the other surface charger uses i think it's the same voltage but it's like 4 amps or something like that so it's it's quite a bit different but basically the surface book 2 Oh, I thought you, I thought you were looking at the old one right now to compare. No, I'm plugged into the big one. Oh, so we're both looking at exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's I, just the, great. But this for all one the is a hundred twenty watts, I think. Which, believe it or not, I'm so I'm told that if you have if you use a charger under a hundred watts, or or for the Surface Book Two, it might continue. It might say plugged in and not charging. It won't have enough power to to charge the battery and run the laptop at the same time. That's right, yeah. So so I've got the Surface Go charger that I use in the office. Oh, oh you you shouldn't use that with your Surface Book. Well, I mean I I don't. I don't. I use it for my Surface Go, but um we've we've tried plugging it into a Surface Book and it says it's plugged in and not charging. Yeah, because it's like a it's a little diddy charger, isn't it? It is a, it is a little diddy charger. Yeah, I've once tried to charge my MacBook Pro from a 30 watt charger, and it apparently charged, but it depleted very quickly. So it's, hmm. it's that doesn't sound good for your battery, right? Like it's kind of like, yes, it had full charge, but it just wasn't right. I did it. I, I mean, <laughs> is there such thing as bad quality electricity? A bad it did. Yeah, the electricity was instead of it was like it was like not premium unleaded. It was right. Like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh mm. but I mean charging the iPad from a 30 watt plug is great. Speaking of that, right actually. Um something I've noticed on my Surface Book 2 is it doesn't tell me how long is remaining on the battery when I hover over it. Does yours do this? Hover over it or click on it? Both. So if I click on mine, it says right now 96% battery 1, 83% battery 2, 100%. Is that just like a setting or something that like you say show me the remaining time? But my- 
my current Surface Book, uh, the one that I've got, if I unplug it, it, it was like 43 minutes remaining and 30 minutes remaining oh, on battery. Oh, didn't, yeah, didn't like, Apple like, remove this as well from their, um, their OSs? Yeah, I think so. But then everyone complained and they put it back in, right? So in 2016, they, yeah, Apple is removing the time remaining battery life estimates following MacBook Pro complaints. So that was when they just released the new MacBook Pros with Touch Bar. Oh, yeah, and they had serious, like, yeah. battery issues. So they were like, oh, we'll just remove the time so no one because notices. The whole thing oh, was oh, that oh. were like, oh, people, you know, are comparing them on different, you know, running applications and stuff. So it's never going to be, <laughs> it's never going to be like, you know, 12 hours if you're rendering a movie. Well, why can't they? Why can't they do what the um, what the Kindle does? Because the, the Kindle tells you how long it's going to take you to finish the book, but it it bases it on how quickly you read the book. Is that is that just like a mind blowing idea for a battery? I, I, so can you I, repeat I, I, that? What? Yeah, sorry. I, I, it, so it tells saying, so... it tells you how long is remaining. So you want the battery to read the book to no, you? No, 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 wait. Let's talk. Just talk about the book first. The Kindle tells you how long there is until you finish reading the book. Mm. And then it bases this on how quickly you read the book. Mm-hmm. So if you read the book quicker, it tells you you're going to finish it quicker. Isn't that how battery estimators work anyway? Well, I don't, I don't know. We're just saying that. <laughs> we're just, we're just, I don't. I've never written one. I don't know. I know that the MacBooks uh, show you things, and probably the iMacs and stuff. They show you things like um, application energy usage. Which is like some weird conversion value that they've made about like, oh, this is using so much CPU or whatever that it's it's costing you this number, um, I think in a percentage of you know the, the total. <laughs> the, Safari uses all the percentages of battery. Safari made, right? is actually one impressive application for battery usage. I have to say, like, is I, that, is I that really... because it's so bad? No, because it's great. I was kidding. I was like, kidding. it's they they really fine tune it and. Chrome, I I really need to. I thought that. you said it's really fine tuner. Then I was like, Ooh, <laughs> hmm. sounds like something you would say. Fine tuner. Yeah, it is. I have yet to figure out how to get the Surface Book Two to tell me how many hours. Because what I really want to do is brand new, which means it should say something like, "I remember getting a brand new MacBook and it was like twenty four hours of battery remaining." Like it was brilliant. Like so I, it, I'm but... sure I've got a screenshot of that when I got my my. I had like a new MacBook. Oh, it was my MacBook Pro 13 inch Retina, and it was like. 13 hours remaining of battery and you're like yeah feels good so i just i just posted a, a picture of my surface go which has 99 percent five hours and yeah, 54 that. minutes remaining. my surface book doesn't do that is that because it's mm. plugged in <laughs> oh you know you got me there andrew i mean no because like I, i'm just thinking like my iMac doesn't show me anything to do with battery because it doesn't have one and maybe <laughs> Windows is like, you know, you're plugged in. You don't need to know when it's going to finish. <laughs> I mean, I know, why are you guys I mean, laughing so much? Because what? you basically just was, you were, the, what I heard was, well, maybe it's like my iMac that doesn't have a battery because it's plugged in. Therefore, it's never going to have a time <laughs> remaining. And it's just There's like, no battery. It's plugged yeah, in. It's like, right. Okay. So what I'm, th- what I'm saying is, though, because it's plugged in, does that not mean that they're just like you're using it. You don't need to know when it's going to deplete because it will never deplete. Yeah, right. Yeah, in you, its current yeah, state. Usually, it tells you it tells you how long it is until it's fully charged. I think. Right. Yeah, I, I get that bit, but when I unplug it, it doesn't tell me. And I googled it, and Google did not tell me the answer. 
Yeah, I just plugged my Surface Go back in and it has just said that it is plugged in. It, it is not charging. <laughs> I t- I'm going to bring out the MacBook. I unplugged my computer and it said it wasn't plugged in and I plugged in my computer and it says it's plugged in. Yeah, it's, okay. it is now. Well, software works. Do, while you guys are talking, I'm gonna, I literally have my other Surface Book in my bag next to me. I'm going to get it out and I'm going to take a photo and then I'm going to put it in Slack to prove all oh. right, we'll we'll just take we'll just take a little a little break while you do that. Okay, you put some... <laughs> Welcome to Mavis. Oh, this is cool. So my MacBook says power source battery, and then it says using significant energy, display brightness, um, a uh, that's yeah, fair. That's fair. A yeah. um, I have mine. I usually have mine in full. An electron application. Which electron application? I, I like the way you didn't name it. I can't mention it because it's work-related. But apparently I should be able to go to Activity Monitor and go on Energy. And it does, in fact, tell me the time on battery that it's been running, the remaining charge, and it is currently calculating time remaining. It's calculating it. It's having to think. So it's like they they, they removed they removed it from the, the, the menu bar application, the, the menu bar of battery, but they kept it in... Activity monitor, which basically tells me that they were ashamed and didn't want people to actually have this as a statistic they could get to really quickly. So this was definitely more of like a PR and media thing than, you know, like an actual technical reason, really. And there is a technical aspect of the fact that it's obviously a thing that changes dynamically depending on what you're doing. But, you know, this will have it there. So Jordan, yours says... Battery one, 100% and in use. Battery two, 100% in use. And it does not tell us how long it will take to deplete it. Nope. Inter- interestingly, you've got four You've got four sliders on your on your slidey thing. Why have I only got, why have I only got three? <laughs> I've I got, have no idea. I've got best battery life, middle one, and best performance. You've got best battery life, two middle ones, and best performance. <laughs> I have no idea. Can I, right, so can I... I was going to ask you a question about that, but by the way, apparently on 100% battery, my MacBook has three hours left and nine minutes. Um, that means my my Surface Go has better battery life than your MacBook. Probably. My I Surface mean, Book has way better battery uh, life yeah, than your I MacBook. I suppose that's... What, wait, that's so awesome. this whole slider bar for performance, what does it do? It turns the CPU up and down. Okay, I'm oh, lying. Right. I'm it lying. Gives you, it gives you either the best battery life or the best performance. <laughs> or apparently two in between. Yeah. So I'll tell you what happens is it'll disable things like um, OneDrive syncing on like best battery life. It like puts it in like energy saving mode or whatever, which tells loads of apps huh. to stop doing things in the background which is nice right it do, no that's 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 power saver mode by the way that's not best battery life mode oh well they're two best, different things oh really i thought mm. well, hang on i'm going to switch to best battery life mode best battery life mode best battery life mode for me right now is to put it in battery saver mode which has now disabled all my syncing of OneDrive. would you like to see a stream screenshot of this um y- yes okay and also i've just put it in there and it says Battery one is now 100% and fully charged and not in use. So it's just changed which batteries are in use. So it's, yeah, so it's switched to using only one of them. Oh, but then the bat, but it's also, it's also reduced from the brightness of my machine. Oh, look, both batteries are in use now. Hang on. Two snipping tool. This is really great podcasting, guys. Is it? No. That was the sarcasm. No, I think this is really nice. It's kind of like let our hair down podcast episode. 
It's because it's... Um, if you have hair. Oh. You, yeah, only you do. So it, it's because... <laughs> It's because it's a um, it's an evening recording. I think the last yeah. evening recording ended up in the same disarray, really. I, you know what? I, it, it is fun it's though. Nice it does do feel it, fun. I don't want to talk about the show on the show, but you know, it, it does feel quite fun. It's so. This is so meta. This is so meta. Yeah. And also, just to just to add to your comment, I still do have some hair. Um, I'm a grid too. Yes, Andrew. I I also have some hair, and I also have a beard now, which is not you know. You can't see that in my Mavis um, illustration, which maybe we should have meant. Can we chat about Johnny Ive? Yes. If you haven't heard by now, Johnny Ive has officially left Apple. Um, there's there's quite a bit of a, a stir on Twitter about this, um, and I've heard it quite a bit in a few podcasts and stuff. I just wanted to quickly talk to you about this. My personal opinions is that I um, this is definitely more of like a nostalgic or personal thing that i feel more than like worry for apple i know that johnny is obviously or at least it's speculated that johnny hasn't really been part of you know the the day-to-day running of the design team for quite a while so they're definitely you know whatever we've seen in the last few years is is not directly from johnny himself so i don't i don't really worry for apple's design team at all i think that will be okay. Um, but I think it's just more that, like, I think I said to you, Jules, that I personally equate kind of more of Apple's success to, out of Tim Cook and um, Johnny Ive, more to Johnny Ive than I do Tim Cook. For the, for their recent success, yes, they come they come back with the um, with the iMac and. Well, how how many how long's recent? Right, like thirty years. I mean, Steve Jobs has obviously had a massive part in that. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I just I always think of Apple as that old company as well. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think obviously Johnny Ive was responsible for the like the the initial iMac design that that kind of brought them back, and the iPod as well, which was revolutionary for them, and then the iPhone, which was crazy for them. So even though Steve Jobs was part of that, I think I think you know. Tim Cook out out of Tim Cook and Johnny Ive, even though Tim Cook probably did a lot on the logistics and kind of operations side, you know. Yeah, sure, but I think yeah, t- Tim Tim's never going to go down as being like a, um, as iconic as uh, as Johnny is. I think there's yeah. a there's probably a lot of untold history there though. Like Tim Cook has been at Apple a long time. And yeah, I, I I read somewhere that. There's a bit more to it. I'm not sure if you you read the article about Johnny Ive not seeing eye to eye with Tim's way of yeah. working. I read, I read, and I don't, and maybe I mean Tim Tim Cook kind of replied to to the journalist to say it's completely untrue, but you've got to wonder. Uh, I mean, they they, they would, and and you've, yeah, you've got to wonder. Like uh, apparently, when when Steve passed away and it moved over to Tim Cook. The company became more about the operations than the than the design is what I was reading, and that might be true. You can you can understand that being a thing, but also I like companies evolve over time. Different different people yeah. have different kind of views of what's going on, and I would I would always kind of assume that if people say, "Oh, look, everything is kind of going more the way of the operations folk," people will see that. And that'll just end up being a, a what do they, they call it? A, a snowball effect, I guess, where yeah. it just it just gets more and more so. 
um and it kind of confirms confirms it but i do i do think that that uh it's it's clear that that johnny hasn't been involved in the same way as he um as he used to be and it's also clear that tim isn't involved in the way that steve was because you often you often see you know uh, you used to see steve really go on about those tiny little details in the same way that you would imagine you could imagine him and johnny there like you know working on them together Mm -hmm. and you just don't you don't really see that with 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 tim but you know the out of these modern out of the, the 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 newer devices. Do you think that maybe the Apple Watch was one that um, that Tim had more of a part to play? Did I read? Didn't I read that that was his product? Like that was his thing. Like it, it's you, it's his. It was his, there was the first one released under his yeah. leadership, right? But but does that? I don't know if that necessarily means it's like his thing. I've I've heard kind of speculation about this and things like also the Apple car that, you know, was rumored that was being worked on that in the past few years, um, Johnny has obviously, uh, I'm sorry, has apparently been looking for more exciting things to do other than, you know, the iPhone every year and and a few Macs and stuff. I can believe that. And part of that was that, you know, they wanted to keep him because he was such an important member. So it's speculated, at least I've heard that the products like the car and the watch was something that was kind of maybe dictated is a wrong word, but Johnny said, this is what we need to do. And they kind of went with it to kind of potentially, you know, keep that talent. And I guess, you know, after a long time of Johnny working on the Apple campus too, and, and not really being involved today with the design team, they thought it was the right time to actually announce the fact that he hasn't probably been working day to day on that team for quite a while. Yeah. There was also speculation as well that that promotion to chief design officer was also just a progression that they made for him to actually transition out of the role he was doing to let someone yeah. else fill that spot. I, I can believe I can believe that. I can believe that. So so basically he oversees two things and lets the let the other people just kind of actually yeah. get on with the uh with the job I, yeah i can i can imagine that i think we'll be fine I, uh, apparently you know johnny is starting a new company uh, a new design firm love from yeah which is a strange name uh to me i i don't know i think i think it'll be interesting because i think they'll they will focus on more kind of personal objects um by the sounds of it which i think is intriguing yeah we had a quick discussion about this and i think that johnny might be more in you know wanting to do some more high class design like quite expensive stuff because he he you know had enjoyment doing that in apple with like the ten thousand pound apple watch right the yeah gold but one. I, did, I i also just on that i i also read that johnny wanted it to be more of a watch that was a style thing rather than a functional health kind of device yeah i think that was definitely apparent though when they were the initial release of the watch like you know they they thought it was Oh, because it's something that people wear every day, they're going to have to be, you know, they're going to have to care so much about what it looks like. And really, the utility of it kind of outshowed the the, the fashion side of it. So they do a fair bit in the fashion side. They have, at, at least at the start, they had, you know, the £10,000 gold one. They had the ceramic one. Oh, that ceramic one was absolutely gorgeous, oh, wasn't the, it? I oh, love the, the ceramic oh, one. The ceramic one. <laughs> but then that was a bunch of mumbling. But then, you know, they they I think they transitioned out of that. So yeah, I think it's um 
it's, yeah, I think it phased out of that because the utility side of it kind of showed them up in the fashion side, which is when they started outsourcing things like the bands to Her- Hermes is the fashion brand. Hermes. Not Hermes, the delivery service. Like I said, I think it's more for me at least like a, it's more of a nostalgic kind of yeah. personal End side. Of the time. Yeah, like, but I think we'll be fine. But you didn't really, you don't really hear much about Johnny Ive. Like, it's like, well, I think that's the, that's the thing, isn't it? I'd say, I, I, there's one thing that I would, um, I would like to thank Johnny for if this is, if, if this was him. I hope Being British. Him. No. Um, the, you know, that switch on the side of the iPhone. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That. Just great. Love it. Well done, Johnny. Round of applause. Thanks for listening to episode 39 of the Mavis Podcast. You can find the show notes for today's episode by going to mavispodcast.com slash 39. You can tweet us your questions for the show at Mavis Podcast on Twitter. And finally, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew Hathaway, Julian on Twitter at Julian K, and Jordan is at Jordan is on fire. Wait, are we stopping? No, John, we're clapping. Oh, well, One, okay. we're clapping two, for Johnny. Wait, no. Do a f- stop. No, stop. We do a five, do a five, four, three, two, one. A clap for for Johnny. A clap for Johnny, and then we'll. So that's on zero, right? Five, four, three, two, one. No, what you would do be zero. Five, four, three, two, one. Five, four, three, two, one. Clap, and then you clap, but but you can do it in a way that you can knock out the one. Okay. You can cut out the one, right? Yeah. Five, four, three, two, one. Clap. Oh, Just God, keep that clapping. Let's start this again. Yeah. Yeah. You can just overlay a load of these claps together.